welcome back to Joe Reed's Wikipedia. Our fake sponsor is Tabletops. You like them? You gotta have them. You got four legs? Or even three legs? We got tops. Tabletops. Put them on the legs. Glue them on. Screw them in. You got yourself a table. Smooth. Silky. We even got rough tabletops. So if you got the legs, we got tabletops. Call them, won't you? Today we are going to go through the history of artificial intelligence. At least uh, what Wikipedia has to say about it. So let's see. Uh, The history of artificial intelligence began in antiquity with myths stories and rumors of artificial beings endowed with intelligence or consciousness by master craftsmen. The seeds of modern AI were planted by classical philosophers who attempted to describe the process of human thinking as the mechanical manipulation of symbols. This work culminated in the invention of the programmable digital computer in the 1940s, a machine based on the abstract essence of mathematical reasoning. This device and the ideas behind it inspired a handful of scientists to begin seriously discussing the possibility of building an electronic brain. The field of AI research was founded at a workshop held on the campus of Dartmouth College during the summer of 1956. Those who attended would become the leaders of AI research for decades. Many of them predicted that a machine as intelligent as a human being would exist in no more than a generation and they were given millions of dollars to make this vision come true. Eventually, it became obvious that they had grossly underestimated the difficulty of the project. In 1973, in response to the criticism from James Lighthill and ongoing pressure from Congress, uh, the U.S. and British governments stopped funding undirected research into artificial intelligence, and the difficult years that followed would later be known as the AI Winter. Seven years later, a visionary initiative by the Japanese government inspired governments and industry to provide AI with billions of dollars, but by the late 80s, the investors became disillusioned and withdrew funding again. Investment and interest in AI boomed in the first decades of the 21st century when machine learning was successfully applied to many problems in academia and industry due to new methods, the application of the powerful computer hardware, and the collection of immense data sets. The End kidding this is a longer one okay precursors mythical fictional and speculative precursors in greek mythology talos was a giant constructed of bronze who acted as guardian for the island of crete he would throw boulders at the ships of invaders and would complete three circuits around the island's perimeter daily according to pseudo apollodorus bibliotheque what Hephaestus forged Talos with the aid of a cyclops and presented the automaton as a gift to Minos. In the Argonautica, Jason and the Argonauts defeated him by way of a single plug near his foot, which, once removed, allowed the vital ichor to flow out from his body and left him inanimate. Pygmalion was a legendary king and sculptor of Greek mythology, famously represented in Ovid's Metamorphoses. In the 10th book of Ovid's narrative poem, Pygmalion becomes disgusted with women when he witnesses the way in which the Propoetides prostitute themselves. Despite this, he makes offerings at the Temple of Venus, asking the goddess to bring him a woman just like a statue he carved and fell in love with. Indeed, the statue Galatia 
came to life, and by some accounts she and Pygmalion conceived a child. End paragraph. The Golem is an artificial being of Jewish folklore created from clay and, depending on the source, often given some sort of objective. The earliest written account regarding Golem making is found in the writings of Elysia ben Judah of Worms? Of Worms. Circa 12th to 13th century. During the Middle Ages, it was believed that the animation of Golem could be achieved by insertion of a piece of paper with any of God's names on it into the mouth of the clay figure. Unlike legendary automata, like brazen heads, a golem was unable to speak. Alchemical Means of Artificial Intelligence In Of the Nature of Things, written by Swiss-born alchemist Paraclesis, he describes a procedure in which he claims can fabricate an artificial man. By placing the sperm of a man in horse dung and feeding it to the arcanum of man's blood, after 40 days, the concoction will become a living infant. Sounds scientific. In Faust, the second part of the tragedy by Goth, an alchemically fabricated homunculus, destined to live forever in the flask in which he was made, endeavors to be born into a fully human body. Upon the initiation of this transformation, however, the flask shatters and the homunculus dies. Early Modern Legendary Automata These automata... Let me define automata real quick. Um, automaton is a moving mechanical device made in imitation of a human being or a machine that performs a function according to a predetermined set of coded instructions, especially one capable of a range of programmed responses to different circumstances. Okay, so early modern legendary automata. Uh, these automata were said to possess the magical ability to answer questions put to them. The late medieval alchemist and scholar Roger Bacon was purported to have fabricated a brazen head. A brazen head is just a, a bronze head that apparently answers questions or something. So Roger Bacon was reported to have fabricated a brazen head, having developed the legend of having been a wizard. These legends were similar to the Norse myth of the head of Mimir. According to legend, Mamir was known for his intellect and wisdom and was beheaded in the Asir-Vanir War. Odin is said to have embalmed the head with herbs and spoke incantations over it, such that Mamir's head remained able to speak wisdom to Odin. Odin then kept the head near him for counsel. Modern Fiction By the late 19th century, ideas about artificial men and thinking machines were developed in fiction as in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and, or Carol Kepik's R.U.R. and speculations such as the Samuel Butler's Darwin Among the Machines. Automata. Realistic humanoid automata were built by craftsmen from every civilization, including Jan's Shi, hero of Alexandria, Al-Jazari, blah, blah, blah. The oldest known automata were the sacred statues of ancient Egypt and Greece. The faithful believed that craftsmen had imbued these figures with very real minds capable of wisdom and emotion. Hermes Trismegistus wrote that, by discovering the true nature of the gods, man has been able to reproduce it. Formal Reasoning Artificial intelligence is based on the assumption that the process of human thought can be mechanized. The study of mechanical or formal reasoning has a long history. Chinese, Indian, and Greek philosophers all developed structured methods of formal deduction in the first millennium BC. 
E. Their ideas were developed over the centuries by philosophers such as Aristotle, who gave a formal analysis of the syllogism, Euclid, whose elements was a model of formal reasoning, Al-Khwarizmi, who developed algebra and gave his name to algorithm, and European scholastic philosophers such as Willem of Ockham and Duns Scotus. In the 17th century, Leibniz, Thomas Hobbes, and René Descartes. And René Descartes. How do you say his name? Descartes. Explored the possibility that all rational thought could be made as systematic as algebra or geometry. Hobbes famously wrote in Leviathan, quote, reason is nothing but reckoning, end quote. Leibniz envisioned a universal language of reasoning, which would reduce argumentation to calculation, so that, quote, there would be no more need of disputation between two philosophers than between two accountants, for it would suffice to take their pencils in hand down to their slates and say to each other, with a friend as witness, if they liked, let us calculate, end quote. These philosophers had begun to articulate the physical symbol system hypothesis that would become the guiding faith of AI research. David Hilbert challenged mathematicians in the 1920s and 30s to answer this fundamental question. Can all mathematical reasoning be formalized? His question was answered by Goodell's incompleteness proof, Turing's machine, and Church's lambda calculus. Uh, their answer was surprising in two ways. First, they proved that there were, in fact, limits to what mathematical logic could accomplish. But second, and more important for AI, their work suggested that within these limits, any form of mathematical reasoning could be mechanized. The Church-Turing thesis implied that a mechanical device shuffling symbols as simple as zero and one could imitate any conceivable process of mathematical deduction. The key insight was the Turing machine, a simple theoretical construct that captured the essence of abstract symbol manipulation. The invention would inspire a handful of scientists to begin discussing the possibility of thinking machines. Computer science calculating machines were built in antiquity and improved throughout history by many mathematicians, including uh, Leibniz in the 19th century. Charles Babbage designed a programmable computer, the analytical engine, although it was never built. Ada Lovelace speculated that the machine might compose elaborate and scientific pieces of music of any degree of complexity or extent. She is often credited as the first programmer because of a set of notes she wrote that completely detail a method of calculating uh, Bernoulli numbers with the engine. The first modern computers were the massive code-breaking machines of the Second World War, such as the Z3, ENIAC, and Colossus. The latter two of these machines were based on the theoretical foundation laid by Alan Turing and developed by John von Neumann. The birth of artificial intelligence. In the 1940s and 50s, a handful of scientists from a variety of fields began to discuss the possibility of creating an artificial brain. The field of artificial intelligence research was founded as an academic discipline in 1956. The earliest research into thinking machines was inspired by a confluence of ideas that became prevalent in the late 30s, 40s, and 50s. Recent research in neurology had shown that the brain was an electrical network of neurons that fired in all-or-nothing pulses. Norbert Weiner's cybernetics described control and stability in electrical networks. Claude Shannon's information theory described digital signals, i.e. all-or-nothing signals, period. <laughs> 
Alan Turing's theory of computation showed that any form of computation could be described digitally. The close relationship between these ideas suggested that it might be possible to construct an electronic brain. Examples of work in this vein include robots such as Gray Walter's Turtles and the Johns Hopkins Beast. These machines did not use computers, digital electronics, or symbolic reasoning. They were controlled entirely by analog circuitry. Pitts and McCullough analyzed networks of idealized artificial neurons and showed how they might perform simple logical functions. They were the first to describe what later researchers would call a neural network. One of the students inspired by Pitts and McCulloch was a young Marvin Minsky, then a 24-year-old graduate student. In 1951, he built the first neural net machine, the SNARK. Minsky was to become one of the most important leaders and innovators in AI for the next 50 years. Turing Test In 1950, Alan Turing published a landmark paper in which he speculated about the possibility of creating machines that think. He noted that thinking is difficult to define and devised his famous Turing test. If a machine could carry on a conversation over a teleprinter that was indistinguishable from a conversation with a human being, then it was reasonable to say that the machine was thinking. This simplified version of the problem allowed Turing to argue convincingly that a thinking machine was at least plausible, and the paper answered all the most common objections to the proposition. The Turing test was the first serious proposal in the philosophy of artificial intelligence. Game AI. In 1951, using the Ferranti Mark I machine, uh, Christopher Strachey wrote a checkers program and Dietrich Prinz wrote, wrote one for chess. Arthur Samuel's checkers program, developed in the middle 50s and early 60s, eventually achieved sufficient skill to challenge a respectable amateur. Game AI would continue to be used as a measure of progress in AI throughout its history. Symbolic reasoning and the logic theorist. When access to digital computers became possible in the middle 50s, a few scientists instinctively recognized that a machine that could manipulate numbers could also manipulate symbols, and that the manipulation of symbols could well be the essence of human thought. This was a new approach to creating thinking machines. In 1955, Alan Newell and Herbert Simon created the Logic Theorists. The program would eventually prove 38 of the first 52 theorems in Russell and Whitehead's Principia Mathematica and find new and more elegant proofs for some. Simon said that they had solved the venerable mind-body problem, explaining how a system composed of matter can have the properties of mind. This was an early statement of the philosophical position John Cyril would later call strong AI, that machines can contain minds just as human bodies do. The Dartmouth Conference of 1956 was organized by Marvin Minsky, John McCarthy, and two senior scientists at IBM. The proposal for the conference included the assertion, every aspect of learning or any other feature of intelligence can be so precisely described that a machine can be made to simulate it. At the conference, Newell and Simon debuted the logic theorist, and McCarthy persuaded the attendees to accept artificial intelligence as the name of the field. The 1956 Dartmouth conference was the moment that AI gained its name, its mission, and its first success and its major players, and is widely considered the birth of AI. The term artificial intelligence was chosen by McCarthy to avoid associations with cybernetics and connections with the influential cyberneticist Norbert Weiner. The Golden Years, 1956 to 1974. 
The programs developed in the years after the Dartmouth workshop were, to most people, simply astonishing. Computers were solving algebra word problems, proving theorems in geometry, and learning to speak English. Few at the time would have believed that such intelligent behavior by machines was possible at all. Researchers expressed an intense optimism in private and in print, predicting that a fully intelligent machine would be built in less than 20 years. Government agencies like DARPA poured money into the new field. The work. There were many successful programs and new directions in the late 50s and 1960s. Among the most influential were these. Reasoning as search. Many early AI programs used the same basic algorithm to achieve some goal like winning a game or proving a theorem. They proceeded step by step towards it by making a move or a deduction as if searching through a maze backtracking whenever they reached a dead end. This paradigm was called reasoning as search. The principal difficulty was that, for many problems, the number of possible paths through the maze was simply astronomical, a situation known as combinatorial explosion. Researchers would reduce the search space by using heuristics, or rules of thumb, that would eliminate those paths that were unlikely to lead to a solution. Newell and Simon tried to capture a general vision of this algorithm in a program called the General Problem Solver. Other searching programs were able to accomplish impressive tasks like solving problems in geometry and algebra, such as Herbert Galenter's Geometry Theorem Prover and Saint, written by Minsky's student James Slagle. Other programs searched through goals and subgoals to plan actions, like the strip system, develop at Stanford to control the behavior of their robot, Shaky. Natural language. An important goal of AI research is to allow computers to communicate in natural languages like English. An early success was Daniel Bobro's program, Student, which could solve high school algebra word problems. A semantic net represents concepts, like house or door, as nodes and relations among concepts like has a, as links between the nodes. The first AI program to use a semantic net was written by Ross Quillian, and the most successful and controversial version was Roger Shank's conceptual dependency theory. Joseph Weizenbaum's Elisa could carry out conversations that were so realistic that users occasionally were fooled into thinking they were communicating with a human being and not a program. But in fact, Eliza had no idea what she was talking about. She simply gave a canned response or repeated back what was said to her, rephrasing her response with a few grammar rules. Eliza was the first chatterbot. Microworlds. In the late 60s, Marvin Minsky and Seymour Papert of the MIT AI Laboratory proposed that AI research should focus on artificially simple solutions known as microworlds. They pointed out that in successful sciences like physics, basic principles were often best understood using simplified models like frictionless planes or perfectly rigid bodies. Much of the research focused on a blocks world, which consists of colored blocks of various shapes and sizes arrayed on a flat surface. The optimism. The first generation of AI researchers made these predictions about their work. In 1958, A.H.A. Simon and Alan Newell, within 10 years, a digital computer will be the world's chess champion, and within 10 years, a digital computer will discover and prove an important new mathematical theorem. Same guy, 1965, quote, machines will be capable within 20 years of doing any work a man can do. 
1967, Marvin Minsky. Within a generation, the problem of creating artificial intelligence will substantially be solved. 1970, Marvin Minsky, Life Magazine. Quote, in from three to eight years, we will have a machine with the general intelligence of an average human being. End quote. The money. In 1963, MIT received a $2.2 million grant from the newly created Advanced Research Projects Agency, later known as DARPA. The money was used to fund Project MAC, which subsumed the AI group founded by Minsky and McCarthy five years earlier. DARPA continued to provide $3 million a year until the 70s. DARPA made similar grants to the program at CMU and to the Stanford AI Project. Another important AI laboratory was established at Edinburgh University. These four institutions would continue to be the main centers of AI research and funding in academia for many years. The money was proffered with few strings attached. JCR Licklider, then the director of ARPA, believed that his organization should fund people, not projects, and allowed researchers to pursue whatever directions might interest them. This created a freewheeling atmosphere at MIT that gave birth to the hacker culture. But this hands-off approach would not last. Robotics in Japan, Waseda University, initiated the Webot project in 1967, uh, the world's first full-scale intelligent humanoid robot, or android. Its limb control system allowed it to walk with the lower limbs and to grip and transport objects with hands using tactile sensors. Its vision system allowed it to measure distances and directions to objects using external receptors, artificial eyes, and ears. And its conversation system allowed it to communicate with the person in Japanese with an artificial mouth. Hmm, it's not disturbing. Okay, let's do one more subtopic here. The first AI winter, 1974 to 1980. In the 70s, AI was subject to critiques and financial setbacks. AI researchers had failed to appreciate the difficulty of the problems they faced. Their tremendous optimism had raised expectations impossibly high. And when the promised results failed to materialize, funding for AI disappeared. At the same time, the field of connectionism, or neural nets, was shut down almost completely for 10 years by Marvin Minsky's devastating criticism of perceptrons. Despite the difficulties with public perception of AI in the late 70s, new ideas were explored in logic programming, common sense reasoning, and many other areas. The problems. In the early 70s, the capabilities of AI programs were limited. Even the most impressive could only handle trivial versions of the problems they were supposed to solve. All the programs were, in some sense, toys. AI researchers had begun to run into several fundamental limits that could not be overcome in the 70s. Although some of these limits would be conquered in later decades, others still stymie the field to this day. Okay, here's a list of uh, the fundamental limits that could not be overcome. Uh, one was limited computer power. There was not enough memory or processing speed to accomplish anything truly useful. For example, Ross Quillian's successful work on natural language was demonstrated with a vocabulary of only 20 words, because that was all that would fit in memory. Hans Morovich argued in 76 that computers were still millions of times too weak to exhibit intelligence. He suggested an analogy. Artificial intelligence requires computer power in the same way that aircraft require horsepower. Below a certain threshold, it's impossible, but as power increases, eventually it, be it could become easy. 
With regard to computer vision, Moravich estimated that simply matching the edge and motion detection capabilities of human retina in real time would require a general purpose computer capable of 10 to the 9th operations per second. As of 2011, practical computer vision applications require 10,000 to 1 million MIPS, whatever that stands for, uh, operations per second, something like that. By comparison, the fastest computer in 1976, Cray-1, retailing at 5 million, was only capable of around 80 to 130 MIPS, and a typical desktop computer at the time achieved less than 1 MIPS. Okay, number two on the fundamental limits. Intractability and the combinatorial explosion. In 1972, Richard Karp uh, showed there are many problems that can only be solved in exponential time. Finding optimal solutions to these problems requires unimaginable amounts of computer time, except when the problems are trivial. This almost certainly meant that many of the toy solutions used by AI would probably never scale up into useful systems. Number three, common sense knowledge and reasoning. Many important artificial intelligence applications like vision or natural language require simply enormous amounts of information about the world. The program needs to have some idea of what it might be looking at or what it is talking about. This requires that the program know most of the same things about the world that a child does. Researchers soon discovered that this was a truly vast amount of information. No one in 1970 could build a database so large, and no one knew how a program might learn so much information. Number four, Moravec's paradox. Proving theorems and solving geometry problems is comparatively easy for computers, but a supposedly simple task like recognizing a face or crossing a room without bumping into anything is extremely difficult. This helps explain why research into vision and robotics had made so little progress by the middle 70s. Number five, the frame and qualification problems. AI researchers who use logic discovered that they could not represent ordinary deductions that involve planning or default reasoning without making changes to the structure of logic itself. They developed new logics like non-monotonic logics and modal logics to try to solve the problems. The end of funding. The agencies which funded AI research, such as the British government, DARPA, and NRC, became frustrated with the lack of progress and eventually cut off almost all funding for undirected research into AI. The pattern began as early as 1966, when the LPAC report appeared criticizing machine translation efforts. After spending $20 million, the NRC ended all support. In 1973, the Lighthill Report on the State of AI Research in England criticized the utter failure of AI to achieve its grandiose objectives and led to the dismantling of AI research in that country. DARPA was deeply disappointed with researchers working on the Speech Understanding Research Program at CMU and canceled an annual grant of $3 million. By 1974, funding for AI projects was hard to find. Hans Moravec... Moravec blamed the crisis on the unrealistic predictions of his colleagues. Many researchers were caught up in a web of increasing exaggeration. However, there was another issue. Since the passage of the Mansfield Amendment in 1969, DARPA had been under increasing pressure to fund mission-oriented direct research rather than basic undirected research. 
Funding for the creative, freewheeling exploration that had gone on in the 60s would not come from DARPA. Instead, the money was directed at specific projects with clear objectives, such as autonomous tanks and battle management systems. Okay, well that's enough for now. Uh, Come back next time and see if Marvin Minsky can fend off the school bullies with his cunning and wit. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.